Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast Show with Mike and Alex. We thank you for joining us as we have a couple of beers and a cigar and talk about what's going on in our lives. Grab an adult beverage and a smoke and settle in with us. Please like, subscribe, and comment on each show so we can hear whether you agree or disagree with our take on things. Listen wherever your favorite podcasts are and at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, so we were going to talk about cars, and the main reason being, um, and, and this is going to be a departure from what we normally talk about, but the main reason being is because, you know, I've been looking for a car for probably at least eight months, and I just can't find anything that I want. I, I, I don't want to pay for a new car because new car prices are crazy, and then in addition to that, now used car prices are crazy. Now, I took advantage of it back in March because I sold my car because I had a spare car and I took advantage of it, got paid more than I ever should have for it. But now I'm also looking to replace it. So I'm not driving a, my beater, basically the car, the car that we tow behind an RV that probably I shouldn't be putting any more miles on because it's an 08 Saturn with 130,000 miles. This car's already outlived its life probably by about Forty thousand. Playing with house money with this car. Absolutely, I'm playing with house money, <laughs> but it's paid for, right? So, if I put thousand dollars into it every year, I'm still less than a car payment, and on top of that, it's already geared up for me to tow it. So the car, it's not a normal car for me where I would just get rid of it, right? All right, but I'm looking for something that I would like to drive. Now I don't drive that much, so I'm not going to put that many miles on it. And I used to be a big Nissan fan. I had an 01 Pathfinder. I had an 05 Altima with the five-speed manual. By the way, my Pathfinder, five-speed manual, uh, both with a 3.5 VQ engine, one of the best engines alive, all right? Then I went and got an 07 Murano, same 3.5 engine, but they put the CVT in, uh, transmission in there, which I'm not a big fan of, but I can't really knock the car. It, it drove fairly well. It was quiet, sturdy, Um. My wife ended up taking it over. She had an 04 Pathfinder, which was the automatic, though. And after that Murano, though, we pretty much got out of Nissans, except for one. One. I, th- I believe it was a 2012 Altima. Now, this was a four-cylinder. CVT car, too. With a CVT. And I hated that car. <laughs> I couldn't I held on to that car I bought it brand new and I got out of it within two years because the quality issues on that thing were awful the interior quality was awful those zero gravity seats that they're still trying to push onto people are the most uncomfortable seats I've ever sat in <laughs> they're like oh it takes the weight and transfers it around like no this is this is hard as a brick <laughs> and so basically my my thing was what happened to Nissan because as I'm looking at some of these older cars, they've got there are plenty of cars out there with a hundred plus thousand miles, and the one brand you really don't see is Nissan. Yeah, I I don't know what their deal is. I mean, I, I've seen some some I used to like them too. I had an 07 Maxima, loved that car. It was fast. Um, that three point five liter engine was was. Uh, plenty of power it was a big car too and it would scoot 
Um, but that had the that had the CVT as well. Right, it that didn't was have right the CVT, and and it was weird because it had the CVT, but the you could also shift the CVT into some sort of sport mode where you'd like shift it. The fake shift, right? So yeah. what am I am I pretending? Is it just it's just just stopping shifting when it or you know letting it rev out? Um, <clears throat> we got rid of that and we bought a Rogue. That was a twenty. 11 i believe a 2011 rogue um that was it was okay it was good on fuel um but it was a crossover i'm not a big crossover fan um had that car and then i will say the maxima i was not the best on the pms with it on the maintenance and it the engine kept running so i can't complain there but um after that I think there was one one more generation, the 08s and up, and that they looked pretty decent. And then, what really turned me off about them was was the the coming the gimmicky design cues that they they put in them, the the uh, f- floating roof line, which I can't stand. I'll, I will rail on for a very long time about the floating roof line, but just some of the gimmicky body lines and stuff like that I didn't like. And then. Um, but you're right. You don't see a whole lot of, you'll see re- old rental cars that are available used with, you know, mileage somewhere in the thirties. Um, you might see a couple, but you don't see, I don't see a ton of them, you know, the older ones on the road either. Now I'll see the old Maximas, the oh, old, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, the old Those boxier are, ones. Um, well the old, the old, uh, early two thousands. So like the, so the 2000 had the three liter V six and then in Oh one, they dropped the VQ in it. Mm-hmm. Now, that that 3.5-liter engine they still use in Nissans and Infinities, and those engines have no problems. Yeah. It's it's the transmission, that CVT that they use from JATCO. Mm-hmm. It's just garbage, and they won't get away from it. And I don't know why, because a company like Toyota, they've used CVTs for years in the Prius, but they use them from ASIN, which I think... I think Toyota owns a bit of ASIN. Okay, and those are the and those are the CVTs that they put in there, and they last forever. Because yeah, Ford was using them in the five uh, hundreds too, when they first came out with the Ford five hundred. Yeah, that, and, the, and that lasted uh, like a year though. Yeah, and then <laughs> the, I think the Ford Freestyle had it too, and you don't see a ton of those out there either. No. Yeah. So, it, it, well, that five hundred was what, what was that? The Ford Passat, if you remember right. Yeah. Because it had the same design as the Passat at the time. And I think, I think Volkswagen was like, we can't have we can't have yeah. a Passat looking like Ford. <laughs> like the next year, the Passat went to the the style you see probably closer to today. Yeah, with that huge back seat, the mm-hmm. cavern, it's like a limo in that Passat. But so I, I, I always wonder because in the early two thousands, that's when Nissan got more tied up with Renault out of France, and Renault was known for quality issues. Now, I don't know if, I, I think they had the CVT kind of in the plans, and because they were the majority partner, because back then Nissan was in some trouble financially, mm-hmm. Renault came in, kind of bailed them out, um, but I think they forced that CVT on them, because back then, Nissan was trying to be like the, I don't want to say sports family car, but they were well, more yeah. sporty than yeah, than, than Toyotas and the Hondas back then. Yeah, and because they, I mean, they marketed the Maxima. Remember, they had the the four DSC sticker on the back doors of the four door sports car. Sure, and it looked they looked they had a unique look to them. Um, I never drove one that from that 
you know, from that uh, genre. But there were no, there were no involvement. It wasn't all bad because their design got pretty cool. Uh, you know, they did some cool design things, especially when they first brought the Ultima out and uh, kind of got away from the old. Uh, jelly bean looking cars and things yeah. of the late 90s well that's what and that's why i bought my 2012 i thought it was a great looking car and to be honest with you right now i think the altima is a great looking car yeah. and you get it with all-wheel drive too which is awesome and you still I, I think you can still get it with the three five in it the problem is the only transmission you can get is that cvt now if you're buying it new i think you you probably got sixty thousand miles to play with but as soon as your warranty is out yeah, that that transmission is, is a grenade. Yeah. And I don't care how good that engine is. If you got to swap out a transmission, that's like a three three to $5,000 job. Right. And and what kind of transmission? You, it's not like you're going to get a decent used one. Well, never mind the fact. At that point, a sedan, a four-door sedan at that point is worth five grand. Yeah. So you're going to put it, you're going to put in work that's equal to the value of the car. At that point, you just, Get rid of it. I mean, it, I almost feel like Nissans are like kind of like going the way of the, the household appliances. Well, with a household appliance, now with a refrigerator, dishwasher, whatever it is, you use it for five years and it's meant to be thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the planned. I mean, I remember my parents there. They had the same appliances forever growing up. Like they sold their house and it had the same washing machine that was in it when they bought it in the 80s. So... Now, I mean, I've only owned my house for 10 years, and I think I'm on dishwasher number two, uh, you know, clothes washer number three. It's like they just die. And I think maybe that's where, where Nissan is going, is that it's just going to be, or maybe that's what the public wants. You know, you have a uh, uh, the primary market that purchases them used or, or new, that, and then the leasing and fleet sales, and then they go to the used market, your car maxes, your... Your more reputable dealer, you know, your bigger dealers, and then it might get bought a third time before it finally dies. Yeah, but the, the whole idea of buying a new car versus leasing it is that you have some value when you're done with it. Right. So you can then take that value, use it to put, basically use that as your down payment on the next car, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if your car is worth two grand, yeah, that barely gets your first three payments plus whatever taxes. Right. You're, you're not putting a significant money a portion of money down on that car anymore. No. Like you. Whereas if you buy a Toyota, let's say you buy a forty-five thousand dollars Forerunner, I think I think Forerunners can still be had for forty-five thousand. <laughs> Who knows? The initial person is going to take a huge hit, right? But in three to four years, that thing's still worth twenty-five grand. Oh yeah, you still have you still have some equity to play. With. Yep. So. Nissan's like, nah, forget that. Well, yeah. You don't need any equity in this thing yeah. in three to five years. And, and especially because the, the last vehicle that they had, and I, I don't know a whole lot about their trucks. Um, I'm not a big fan of the Titan. The Frontier is kind of, I mean, that they're all, if you rent a truck from Enterprise, it, you you might end up in a Frontier. But I also, you know, the, the last decent SUV they made was the Xterra. And... Now I'm a I'm a fan of traditional body on frame, capable off road vehicles, and and even though I don't do that ever, but it's still uh, to me if you're going to do it, do it right. And it's they the Pathfinder is now a crossover, um, probably with the CVT in it. Well, they, um, they they switched that after it was probably like 2000. 
13. Okay. It was the it was the version right before this one. Yeah. That was the last ladder ladder yeah, frame yeah. one. Yeah. It was a the slab sided bigger one. It looked it looked awful by the way. It, yeah. It, it was the I I compared that to probably the old Honda Pilot. Yeah. I thought that thing was the one of the worst. No, and the interiors out. were dreadful. Oh, they were they were yeah plastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that fake uh, painted chrome on the steering wheel trim. They were just awful. 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 Um, the Xterra though was a was a really especially once the old. Uh, when Jeep stopped making the Cherokee, the original, the good one, uh, the Cherokee Sport, uh, Xterra kind of was the one that filled that gap because the Forerunners were still pretty expensive. So, well, yeah, the Forerunner at that point had gone from a twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars vehicle up to forty-five, right. fifty. There, it, it was not in that league, but it also, got, I mean, it got bigger though. Yeah. It, it, but it was not in the same league anymore, and they replaced that with basically a Rav Four, which wasn't going to go off road for anybody. No. So Toyota pretty much left a void there. The Xterra came in, and they were almost. I want to. I'm trying to think if there was another competitor to the Jeep at the time. Uh, not really. I don't, I don't think there was because they'd all gone to unit body construction on all their SUVs too, except for the, the, well, I mean like the Wrangler, though. Wranglers. But they're so they were real expensive. They still are expensive. Those things, those um, things are unbelievably expensive. Yeah, and. The new ones are put together like crap. Yeah, and they're they're um, there's just there's and there's a, a thing about those. I, it, they're a thing. Like people are all into them, and I don't mind the vehicles by themselves, and I don't mind the people by themselves. But when you get them all <laughs> together, it's like a big douche fest. It's another level of bro culture. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like Jeep bros. Yeah, the bro dozers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they're it's a bad. Bad combination of brosives. Yeah. yeah. They, and they they need the you know, they need to check their brosity at the door. Yeah, they but they can't cuz they're just so into it. But the um but when they went to then you had the Armada uh which was a decent sized SUV. Yeah. And it really, you know, uh Tahoe competitor. Well, that was the, and that was the built on the Titan chassis. Yeah. And they were but again, interiors were dreadful. They were they, they couldn't be any worse. Yeah. And they the Xterra then was, was I think it shared a lot of the under, underpinnings with the Frontier. Yeah. Um, and it was just a neat vehicle. And, of course, then they just, and the Pro 4X package was was awesome. Well, they, yeah, that's what the Jeep guys want. Yeah. They went for that Pro 4X. I mean, I know someone that has it, and all he does is go off-roading with it. Like, yeah. He uses it as it should be used, right? Yeah. And it's dirt cheap. Yeah. Like, you can still get them dirt cheap. Like, they don't, they don't hold on to value like the Jeeps do. Yeah. A, a new Jeep Wrangler is crazy to me, and and the, and we'll get on Chrysler in a minute <laughs> because there's there's more than one cheaply made car out there. There really is. Oh yes, plenty. I, I'm I'm picking on Nissan because I liked Nissans. No, I I got I remember I was in college and the a, a buddy of mine, uh, his mom and dad bought him a car and it was an Altima and I was like, look at that thing. That's cool. Yeah. And this is back in the early 2000s when, you know, I still drove an 87 Camaro, which was awesome. I loved it. T-tops. <laughs> it had a garbage engine. It had that 5.0 uh, high output. I think it made like 140 horsepower. Um, but it had a manual. It was fun. But, you know, got, that's what we were driving around. And we're old, you know, uh, you know the, the girl I was with at the time, she had a 87 Honda Accord. Like, that's the stuff we had. And then this guy rolls up in this sleek looking car like wow what that is cool and uh you know so i kind of got into them and then eventually i ended up buying one uh the the maxima but i'm just disappointed in them now 
because they're it's like they're taking gimmicky design cues and they're just it's almost like they're phoning it in. Well, the problem with them phoning it in with the Nissan brand is that people are now taking that mentality of what Nissan is to not even cross shopping Infinity. Yeah. With luxury brands. Because Infinity doesn't use the CVT. No. They use a regular 7-speed transmission. And by all accounts, they're not bad cars. No, but they they look nice. I just I can't stand what, how they changed. You used to be able to tell what they were. The the naming the, made the naming, sense. Yeah, they they screwed up with the name. Now they're all Q, which oh, Q what? You know, at least BMW, you know what a three. Now BMW's added a whole bunch of different stuff because now they have one, two, three, four. Like it's, but at least you knew, like a three series. You had to, you know, a three eighteen had a four cylinder engine. If it had right. XI, you knew it was all wheel drive. Right. Up to was three thirty XI. Then you had M three, M five. Like you knew what this stuff was. Infinity with their Q designation. I don't know what it is anymore. Yeah, I, I don't even pretend. The G thirty seven was an awesome car. Or the right. G thirty five back when they first came out with it. Then now it's the Q thirty seven, which is different than the. I don't. I don't even think it's thirty seven. I think yeah. it's Q thirty, Q fifty, Q seventy. Right. And yeah. then the SUVs are QX thirty, QX fifty, QX seventy. Right. Just why don't you just call it XL? Like right. like my T shirt is a three X. Like, well, oh, that's the big SUV. Well the funny the, the, the history behind how those names came about was they hired the guy, the design chief, or I believe it was the design chief or some they, they hired him into some high level executive position over at Infinity. They got him from Audi. And that's how Audi was naming their stuff. Now, Audi at least had the A for sedans and yep. Q's Q's were SUVs. Right. This dummy comes over and just says, everything's got a Q in it. Right. And everyone's like, a Q, okay, well, a Q30, what kind of engine is that guy? Yeah. At least with the G35 and G37, I knew it had a 3.5 or 3.7 right. liter, liter VQ engine in it. Yeah. I, knew, I knew the engine it was in there. Yeah. Like with the M, it was either M35, M37, or M45. So that was a 3.5, 3.7, or 4.5 liter right. engine. And I knew the M was bigger than the G. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there were only two, right? Other uh, other than that, there were there. I think there was the the G had a coupe, but, right? But and that then, was it. They, and back when they first started, because I remember when when um, Acura, Lexus, and Infinity started back in the, I guess it was the late '80s for Acura. Lexus wasn't that far behind. And Lexus then, was '90s. It was like mid '90s. Yeah, wasn't it? and yeah. then. Um, they came. Then Infinity came in. They had the J, J and I, and some other stuff. But you kind of knew what they were. And I think the the later in the alphabet you got with them, the bigger the car got. Right. Um, so the Q was the boat. Yeah. The I was the, the small one. Yeah. And the was it the J was yeah. the middle. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, my my a friend of mine growing up, his his mom had one. Uh, it had the analog clock and the dashboard. It, they were decent, it. but you could tell. I mean. You could tell it was a, it was a, essentially, you know, a, it wasn't anything that different than anything Nissan. Then they split apart and, or not split apart, but they kind of made the departure and they had, you know, the Infinities were rear wheel drive sedans. You know, they were, they were, they were, they, they were not built on the Nissan platform no, anymore. No, It had the same switch gear and stuff like that, which they all use, uh, you know, but. There was um, a, there was a point though where the Infinities didn't even have the same steering wheels. Right. Didn't have the same center console, like it was. It was different parts. Mm-hmm. Now some of I me, mean, like, like the the power mirror switch might have looked the same. Yeah, 
but the steering wheels were different. It, whereas where it got later on, you could tell that the Infinity FX steering wheel was the same as the Murano's. Right. Like it looked, it had that same T thing, it, mm-hmm. the, the, the T symbol in the thing. The center console looked exactly the same. Yeah. It's like, okay, why am I going to buy an Infinity when I can get a Nissan? And when I'm, and from my point of view, when I'm sitting in it, it looks like the same car. Yeah. And when you go back to, like, look at, at Cadillac, mm-hmm. when Cadillac, all the switch, everything was just, all they did was slap, like, the Cadillac Cimarron was a mm-hmm. Chevy Cavalier. Right. It was a disaster. They finally, but they, so th- them and Ford finally figured it out after 2008, after the economy collapsed. They figured out we can't just, we can't do badge engineering. Right. So they started to differentiate. And that's, and to be honest, I mean, for Ford, that's when Lincoln's actually, the price started going up. Yeah. Because after, because at one point they had the Ford Fusion, the Mercury Milan, and the Lincoln Zephyr. Mm-hmm. And they were all exactly the same. Yeah. Like you, the design looked the same. Yeah. It was like you didn't do anything but slap a badge on it, hence the badge engineering. The next version of it, though, when the Fusion got the, kind of like the Aston Martin look, mm-hmm. well, the MKZ, by this time Mercury's gone, the MKZ got that really sleek look to it. Yeah. I think that's one of the best designed cars on the road, mm-hmm. even now. Yeah. I think it was a, the 2013 MKZ. From all angles, that car looks nice. And the interior looks nothing like a Ford. Maybe the steering wheel a little bit. Yeah, but no, it definitely because I I I have a Fusion in it. It looks uh, they they are different. And and even though the, the, the Fusion on its own has a nice look to it. No, it, yeah, it, like that Aston Martin look with the with the open mouth in the mm-hmm. front. Not the Lexus type open mouth, but the Ford's open mouth front. Yeah, looks nice. They did it correctly. Yeah, they didn't they didn't uh, screw that one up. And it's it's not a bad car to drive, but you can definitely tell the difference between the Lincoln and thankfully Lincoln's going back to names rather than MK. Yeah. And yeah. again, the the whole what is it? Right. Like I can't at least like BMW, Audi, Mercedes Benz. You can tell. There's some logic to it, but right. an MKZ is different than an MKT and an MK. How I, right. I I don't know. Right. Yeah. They they were just using the last letter, but everything had the MK. It's like no 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 no. Right. And I guess that is playing homage to the. And it wasn't Mark K like the old Mark Lincoln right, Mark right, Eight, right. Yeah. Or, which I love the Mark Eight. Um, but at least that now they're starting to change like the, uh, you know the the Lincoln Continental. It's got the the door handles on it. It's a cool looking car. Sure. Um, you know I guess they're getting back to aviator navigator so you know what now they always kept the navigator name they never switched right. they, that yeah, one you out. can't get rid of it. just like yeah. cadillac never got rid of the escalade name yeah and they still won't yeah and and it's almost you have to keep it when you're charging a hundred grand for these for these things well at that point it's, it's it's not only brand loyalty it's model loyalty yeah like people want the escalade they don't want some f- new named escalade they want an escalade right people want a navigator yeah just like for me I used to I used to have a Lincoln Aviator. Mm-hmm. That was basically like it was a little bit stretched and a gussied up Explorer. Mm-hmm. It was a 2005. Last year they made it. They only made that thing for four, three, four model years. To me, it was one of the most elegant looking SUVs because it didn't look gargantuan like a Navigator, but it took the same design cues from a Navigator. Yeah, it did. It was a really sleek looking SUV. Wish I hadn't gotten rid of it. Because I thought the transmission was going, just turns to come to find out it just it just shifts hard because that's the way that transmission is, and I right. freaked out and I tried I got rid of it. <laughs> D- dummy me. I had a I had an Explorer Sport 
It was the, the two-door. Yeah, yeah. And I got rid of it. Uh, in fact, I got rid of it, and I bought that Maxima, and I still kick myself. Because that was a... It was a nice little truck. It was fun. To, it was I don't want to say it's fun to drive, but they used to make it in a five speed. Yeah, it was, it, you could get that with a manual back. Yeah, in the day. yeah. mine was definitely an automatic. But right. it, the Eddie Bauer it had all the leather and oh yeah, you know for, those were nice. That was the first like real car I ever bought. I had a another Camaro that you know I was it was starting to fail on me. I was like you know what, it's time to I just graduated graduated from college. Like it's time to get a grown up car. You were just you were living that dream. Yeah, you were living yeah. your Camaro lifestyle. That that other one was an IROC too. Oh, uh, <laughs> so IROC Z28. It was fast, but uh, definitely it was time for a grown-up car. Right, you know, for going to job interviews and and doing things like that. So I needed to get something better, and I had that. But uh, if you know, if if Nissan is on its way down, which I think I think they're already down. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think people are buying them. Which is why they're still having financial issues. Well, I think, and the people that are buying them, they're buying it because of crazy financing. Oh, sure. yeah, yeah, the zero percent financing, or they're get, or the or Nissan's giving huge rebates on them. Yeah, where you, you can get a new Altima rather than it being a twenty eight thousand dollar Toyota or twenty eight thousand dollar Accord, you can pick up an Altima with the incentives and everything. Yeah, you're probably picking it up for low twenties, and that's a significant savings. Yeah, and I, and I think they're you know. Uh, I think they they're kind of liberal with their financing as to to the, who they'll who they'll finance. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then they're also uh, you know it, the 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 other part with Nissan going down like that is what happens to Infinity because now if you go to Hertz or Avis right. if, they, if they have a luxury brand available, it's an Infinity. It's going to be an Infinity. Yeah, right. And now they're going to have the rental car, so it's going to drive the value of those vehicles down. Um, so after that, uh, how long do they keep making Infinities, which is actually a decent car? Yeah, I mean, they, they get reviewed really well. The problem is you can't get anyone in the door to cross-shop it from or something reliable like a Lexus, something a little more sporty like an Acura, or, you know, or something even more like a Cadillac or a Buick. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a sad day when you can't even get cross shot to a Buick. Right. Right. <laughs> think about it. I mean, think Buick isn't even the top brand for GM. Right. It's always been known as a middle of the road, not quite luxury, not quite mainstream. Right. And I think that's who Infinity is now actually cross shot to. Yes. Because I, I definitely don't think they're in the same league as BMW and Mercedes Benz. Um, no, no, no. I mean, BMW, BMW's kind of got its own little niche. And, and that's who, Infinity went after them with the G. Yeah. They went after the 3 Series with the G35. And they they did very well. According to like Motor Trend, Car and Driver, they always were saying, oh, it's right there. It's almost it's almost at, that, the, at the, the 3 Series level. Right. It's just not quite there, but it's almost there. Yeah. And then they screwed it. Yeah. And nobody, and now nobody's even cross shopping against the BMW. Yeah, and and if you can go, if you can go to uh, to CarMax and pick up a two year old Infinity for twenty grand, I mean that's you know it's not if, a bad if deal. You, if you care about that, having that that image of right. you're driving a luxury car or sports sedan or whatever whatever you think it is, then. Why, why are you going to bother buying a new one? Well, but here's where the name issue comes in. Let's say I go on to something like CarGurus, or even even if I go on CarMax.com, 
and it's and you want to search by make and model. So you do make, you put in infinity, and then it comes the model. Mm-hmm. I don't know which one I'm looking for. <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know which one. Yeah. Like before, I knew I could type in infinity, or I could select infinity, and then I would select select the M35. Right. And I knew what I was looking at. Yeah. If I go in there now, and I select infinity, do I put in Q70? Right. Or is Q70 not the M? Like what? What is? What is the M? What is? What replaced the? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? So I. So if you want to know what I do? I just skip it all together. Yes. Yeah, so why bother? I, I'm not gonna bother. And the only when I bought. My last car, I wanted an all-wheel drive sedan, and the only reason I looked at them at all was because Infiniti does have all-wheel drive sedans. Right. Uh, they also have an all-wheel drive hybrid with, right. in a sedan, which is also, uh, that was the only one I could find. The Fusion is not available in all-wheel drive as a hybrid. Uh, all, the Nissan Altima wasn't available because I was looking at used cars, so that's that was new for 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the, the Camry is now available with all-wheel drive, but the, to see, the, like, okay, I can get it an Infinity, I forget which Q it was. Sure. Uh, whatever the M is. Yeah. I mean, hybrid. Uh, an M all-wheel wheel drive, drive. Whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice car. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But I was like, yeah, I don't really feel like getting into it. So I, I ended up with a Fusion. But, you know, if they're on their way down, it's also neat to see who's on their way up. Because we would never have been having this con- – if we had had this conversation 25 years ago, we would have said – well, what's a, you know, Nissan, oh, they're great. Right. And Hyundai and Kia, like, ugh. Who no, nobody wanted those. No. Nobody. I remember they were doing a sale. You get a Hyundai Elantra GT. It was like a hatchback version of it. And there was a dealership where I grew up that was doing them for, it was two for one. If you bought right. one, they'd give you another right. one. Like, they're giving you a two for one deal. And my dad almost went down there and did it. Right. He's like, well, your mom needs a new car and. Why not? <laughs> you know, so the two for one deal on a car. Well, now, well, now, Hyundai is a brand people want. Yeah, Kia is a brand people want. My parents, the last three cars they've had, have been Kia minivan, Kia minivan, Kia Sorento. Mm-hmm. And they, not that they're tough on their vehicles, but they don't. They never had issues with them. Right. The the the, the first Sedona minivan they got, I think, was back in two thousand six. They ran that to about 150,000 miles. Didn't do anything but maintenance. Mm-hmm. Second Sedona, same thing. Now, the Sorento, they also haven't put in, the, my mom's maybe put maybe 15,000 miles on it. Mm-hmm. It's a 2017. Five years. Yeah. She put 15,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> right? So, who knows what's going to happen with that one. And we could talk about direct injected engines and what that is doing to engines in general. Mm-hmm. Because that's what Hyundai and Kia are putting in their cars now. Probably a different show, right? Yeah. But the the quality of Nissan in general, the transmissions. I mean, it's almost like Chrysler with their with their electrical components. Mm-hmm. Dodge Chrysler Jeep, the newer ones. Ever since they went through that whole issue with Mercedes to Cerberus to being bought out by Fiat. Well, unfortunately, I mean, I, personally, I, I think the 300, the Charger, mm-hmm. uh, even the the Grand Cherokee, the the Durango, I think they're really nice looking cars. They are. 
And when you sit in them, they feel more upscale. Yeah, and the interiors are great. They look um, they look great, yeah. right? So what's the problem with them? One, they want a lot of money for those cars. One, the Chrysler 300 is the only is the only Chrysler sold. Mm-hmm. The Charger, they don't. I mean, that's the the sm- These are full size sedans. They're all in their only rear wheel drive. Yep. Which kind of hurts them in the northern yeah. climate. I mean, you can, you but, can get all wheel drive on the on the. Uh, on the three hundred and the and the can you now? charger, yeah, you used to not be able to. But yeah, they they switched that up and the, but again, it's such a small model line. Well, yeah, I mean, when you, when you start at full size sedan, and then for Dodge, it's it's Charger, Challenger, Durango. Yep. For Jeep, it's Cherokee. I think they have like a Compass or Patriot. With There's no Compass. Wants. Yeah, they have and, a bunch of weird little crossover and the, things. And the Grand Cherokee and then the Jeep lineup. Yeah. Right. The problem with them though. Is with all these new techie interiors, they're putting in like low grade, low, uh, high gauge wire. High gauge means smaller wire. Mm-hmm. It can't handle the electrical load, which burns out the components. And within four to five years, the cars are trash. And how, how much would it cost to just use a different gauge wire? To, to be honest, the, and this is what kills me. That whole group could probably increase the reliability of those cars. For maybe five hundred bucks a car, mm-hmm. I, I don't even think it would be that much. Yeah. I really don't. I, I, I think for what they buy what gauge wire for, I, probably under probably under two fifty a car. Yeah. But but the thing is, they're they're just looking at their profit margins, of course. And well, and people aren't buying them. So if you look at a was it the, it was the Challenger Hellcat was the sure, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know the stupid high powered engines and. I mean, they're cool. Don't get me wrong. But that's how they're getting you in. Oh, yeah. And but, you don't but, care. But they but they know this car isn't going to last five years. Right. How many how many used Dodges do you see with 100,000 miles out there? Yeah. Two right. in a 50-mile radius yeah. of your home? Yeah, not many. Same so, thing with Chrysler. Yeah. Now, Jeeps are a different story. But let's face facts. Fiat bought that group, Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, Jeep, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. They bought it for Jeep. Yeah. Because Jeep is a cash cow. No matter how poorly you make those, Jeep bros will buy Jeeps. Oh, yeah. Now, I love my brother, but got, dude's got two Jeeps. Your bro's a Jeep bro. My bro's a Jeep bro. <laughs> you know, it, but they were Jeep bros before Chrysler did what they did. They had older Jeeps. Yeah. Like, my brother's father-in-law had an, like a 1999 Jeep, which he uses as a tow, uh, a tow car mm-hmm. that he towed behind his RV. And that's what, and that's another reason why Jeeps are so popular, at least in the RV community, is you can tow them four flat. Right. You don't need a tow dolly. You can just hook them up and go, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. But they don't make them like that. Four liter V six is gone. Oh, that they're using that Pentastar three point six liter. Yep. That that four point liter that inline six was a tank. You couldn't. That thing was indestructible. The car was rusting out around it before yeah. that engine would. Die. Yep. And the, they put it in the in the Cherokee too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were just great. They put it on the Grand Cherokee, too. Yep. They, they were in all, all, almost all those things. They were great engines. My sister had an old, she had a couple old Cherokees that she, she lives in West Virginia. She'd drive those things around and just beat the crap out of them, and they would just keep going. And uh, now it's the same engine that was in in our old town and country. Mm-hmm. So you, you're going to take that engine out of the, the town and country. It's the same V6 you put in everything. You're just going to put that in the Jeep. Right. That inline six was torquey. It was a, it was, it was a, had a lot of low, low end grunt to it. That was a, you were, you weren't winning races off the line. No, you, it, it reminded me of the old, uh, 
the old early 2000s Forerunner engine. Mm-hmm. I, I test drove one of those when I was looking and when I eventually bought my Pathfinder. And the, <laughs> I remember stepping on the gas at, during the test drive and just being like, this thing isn't moving. <laughs> like, like I was trying to make a left-hand turn across traffic, and I'm like, please go faster. Like, I thought I had plenty of room. I did not, apparently. Just, just wasting gas and making noise. But it it, it made a lot of noise. <laughs> that, when it, that cooling fan, man, you step on the gas, it's like, and I thought the engines weren't up. No, 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 no. It's just, it's just the radiator fan making some noise for you. I'm like, oh, come on. But, yeah, so I ended up not buying that which i probably should have because it'd still be worth like 20 grand today right yeah oh, <laughs> this yeah. thing's whole value like well, crazy and, and i looked at them when i when i was having to replace my my second car and i was maybe i'll get in one of these and i just i couldn't i couldn't really go and justify spending that kind of coin on a vehicle that had that high mileage on it and especially if it was going to have to be a daily if it was something I was going to play with and lift up and put some new tie and you know kick around in the weekend, sure, right. I'll throw some some money, you know, do that. But not for something that's got to get me to work every day. So, so, so kind of going back to my my car, I don't want to say buying experience because I haven't bought anything. <laughs> so I ended up kind of looking at older cars. Mm-hmm. Like I started looking for the early two thousands or mid two thousands, and I ended up coming across a gem. 85,000 miles. It's 2002 Acura RL. Okay. That was before the body change with the kind of little bit of a beak grill. Stupid. Yeah. Why they did that. The corporate face. Don't get me started. So that RL has a cult following because I used to own an RL. I had a 2006. It was after the body change. Before they put the stupid beak. Yeah. (laughs) it It was the beginnings of the beak. But not the crazy looking beak that all Acura's got eventually. Yeah, I love that RL. It was a 2006. Don't get me wrong, the the interface for the radio and everything it looked like it was straight out of MS DOS. Right, it looked awful. <laughs> but the car had 300 horsepower, mm-hmm. all wheel drive, mm-hmm. and it would move. And the funny part, it was one of those sleeper cars that was like you pull up next to it, it looks like grandma's sedan. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it just torches you at the line. Yep. Because it's got 300, 300 horsepower, close to 300 pound-feet of torque, mm-hmm. and you stepped on that gas, and it went. Now, the older one, the 2002, it was it was actually the Lexus LS fighter back then. Okay. That's what they built it for. It was meant as a luxury driver, but those things have a reputation for, one, being bulletproof, mm-hmm. two, still being desirable today. Like, if I... To the point where... That old of a car, what price do you think they have on that thing? What, for a 2000? 2002 with 85,000 miles. What do you think the price, what do you think, what price do you think it should have? For something like that, I don't know, maybe four or five grand. Right. Yeah. They want seven. Oh, wow. Okay. They want double that. (laughs) Now, it's been sitting for a month, Mm -hmm. which I I got a queue, I got it saved, right? I'm waiting for the price to go down in case they decide to pull the trigger. I probably won't because I'm still afraid of buying an 18-year-old car, 19-year-old car at this point. I'm afraid of buying one. But to me, it looks and probably drives better than anything newer I'm going to get. Well, and and and, and that's the the other thing with with these newer cars is like the the waistlines are so high, the windows are so small, and there's actually some some reason that uh, a friend of mine he uh, 
he does accident reconstruction. He actually goes to crashes and uses math and physics and science to figure out what, what you know what happened in the crash. But he was talking. We were talking about that and the cars back then in the early two thousands, like you saw a greenhouse almost. And now the cars, they have these gun-slit windows. And part of the reason is to keep occupants inside the car in a crash. Mm -hmm. The smaller the window, the less likely you are to come out of it. Right. But those cars, like, they still felt like cars. Like, if you go and look at, like, an old Integra, you know, it's still, like, it's got windows. And you can see outside of it. It's not like you're sitting in this, looking out these old gun-slit windows. So so back in the day, like... I shouldn't say back in the day. It's probably like six years ago. I kind of rehabbed an old uh, 2004 TL, mm-hmm. so a 2003 TL, just before the body changed that. There was something comforting about sitting in that TL, and you, when you turn the key, it was the familiar bing bongs. It it started right up. It was comfortable, mm-hmm. and this was a TL. This wasn't even the RL. Yeah, the TL was a one of a, a really great car too. Unfortunately. Back then, the TLs were plagued by the transmission issues. Now, luckily, you can replace that transmission pretty cheaply. Mm-hmm. So if anyone out there, if you can find a TL with about 80,000 miles on it, if you can find one with a blown transmission, buy it for about 1200 bucks, 1300 bucks at most. You can do a transmission swap in that thing for $1,500, maybe two grand, mm-hmm. and you'll have a beautiful driving car. For maybe three to five thousand bucks. No, was and the, it will drive forever. Was was the TL? Was that similar to the Accord? Yeah. So the TL was, well, because the TSX was essentially the Euro Accord. Right. It was smaller than the US Accord. Yeah. I think the Accord was the TL. The RL was. Well, to be honest, with you, I don't think Honda makes a, a bigger car than no. the Accord. So the R. I actually think the RL was similar to the to the the RL was similar to the Accord size wise. Okay. But to be honest with you, I don't think they shared any components. Right. I think they were completely separate cars because the TL and the RL were almost the same size. Yeah, because Acura didn't do that. I, I remember when uh, Lexus first started, and you know you could definitely see Camry in... In the ES. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, you was, could see, it was front-wheel drive, too. Yeah. And, and you shared could, the architecture. And you could see Cressida in the... Remember the Toyota Cressida? Yeah. You could see then that. The Corolla. Yeah. Right. And then you had the, the uh, Avalon was... You know, there's some. It was the LS. Yeah, but now it's different, and I don't think because the well, Integra sure, was sure never. Size, yeah, the but, Integra was never um, a Civic. No, they were they were different vehicles. Um, but now, but now though, it's different because the LS is rear wheel drive based, right? Whereas the Avalon is front wheel drive based. Yeah. So size wise, yes, they're similar. Yeah. But inf- but architecture wise, they're not. Yeah. So I, I mean. They've definitely differentiated their mainstream brand from their, from their, up Lexus brand. You know what right. I mean? And and Acura to an extent has done that. I mean, they've gotten a little lazy lately. Whereas I think in the mid early to mid two thousands they were doing much better. Now it's a little bit more lazy. Yeah. Um, Ford Lincoln. I mean, essentially an MKZ is still a fusion, right? Right. But they put a completely different skin and interior on it, so. From the from the wheels to like the base plate is the same. Mm-hmm. The engines I think are, are, are different because you can get a, you could get the three five three point five liter in the MKZ. You couldn't get it in the in the Fusion. Right. Um. I think the only thing the only two that were shareable was the MKZ Hybrid 
and the fusion hybrid. Right. Those are the two most similar. Everything else, they you, they didn't share components on that. But I mean, I, I wish I wish Nissan would make a comeback because, like I said, right now I think the Altima is one of the best looking cars. Mm-hmm. It's a really nice looking car. The Maxima, eh, I, I could care less. Flying roof on. Yep. Asymmetric I, wheels. No thanks. The Murano. I I I think the Murano looks nice, even with the floating roof line. How about the uh, How about the Murano Cross Cabriolet? Listen, I think that's a sleeper. And the only <laughs> like, listen, the only reason why I say that is because in this day, back in the fifties and sixties, there were convertible cruisers mm-hmm. where you could fit three people in the back, yeah, two people in the front, and you could cruise, right? Yeah. Nowadays, think about think about the convertibles out there. Yeah, I guess the the ones that were most that were most recent would have been like I remember like the Oldsmobile Cutlass, uh, the Cutlass um, Supreme convertible. But, but think more recently though. I'm talking about like today, or not today. E- even like within the last twenty years, you had you had a Saab nine three, which mm-hmm. wasn't very big. You couldn't put you could put maybe two kids in the back, right? right. You couldn't put adults in the back. Um. You got the B. Well, the BMW, the 330Ci. Those are you can't put you can't put adults. In the I mean, you can't seat. put them. Those are the hard top convertibles, and when the top's down, the trunk is absolutely Gone. full of yeah. Um, didn't Volkswagen have a convertible with a CC or or something? What was that? The uh, not the CC. It was the it was the the Beetle. The right. New Be- the new but didn't they have a sedan convertible or a coupe convert? The EOS. Yeah. Yeah, but that was two-seater. Yeah. There was no back. I mean, there was a backseat, but there wasn't a backseat. It's a backseat for insurance purposes, so they can say it's there. The only other one, and this is going to take you back, the Chrysler Concorde JXI. Okay. Which was a Dodge Intrepid. Yeah. Back when they made that. That's how far back we got to go. Yeah, wow, okay. So, if you now want a family convertible, which I, I think there's probably a niche for, you're either looking at a Range Rover Evoque, mm-hmm. which is going to die. Uh, the, the, the second you drive it off <laughs> the lot, it will break. The, the The suspension will just deflate on you. The air suspension will just go down. Right. Or the Nissan Murano Cross Cabriolet. Yeah. Which they they don't even make them anymore, do they? No, they do not. Yeah. They're hideously ugly. They're awful looking. <laughs> but for the purpose of the what it was, what it was, a family car that you could take out and cruise with the top down yeah that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, i actually saw one of those in the wild a couple weeks ago someone owns one around and here i was i i looked at it and i was like i i had forgotten they made them and it's other than the fact that it's hideously ugly it is almost completely forgettable yeah um because there's nothing remarkable about it except for the fact that it is ugly but maybe you're right maybe it is something that people are gonna you know i want to convertible that i could take the kids out in that but i still want to be useful and i still want to be modern yeah right like i want a modern version of a of a, of a top-down car yeah i, I want to i want the wind in my hair right because everything else is are like a miata which right. you're i mean i don't fit in a miata never mind that i, I never told you this story my, my dad used to have a convertible corvette and he had it down in florida and my wife and I went down there before we had kids. And now we didn't have to rent a car. He was like, no, you, you'll just, you, you can use the Corvette. It'd be great. Okay. We left the top up. We didn't even put the top down. I sat in that thing. Drove it on I-4 in Florida. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I, li- like, I was 
my head was not higher than the 18 wheelers wheel or the the tires. You do the old old movie thing where you drive under the trailer. Was that really, you know what? You know what? I was I was thinking a little fast and furious. I was like, you know what? There's traffic here. I'm going to slide under this semi trailer. I'm going to come out the other side. Be awesome. <laughs> Meanwhile, I would have died. Right. <laughs> and we just would instant death. Yeah. Right? The landing gear of the trailer yeah. would have taken you out. So, 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 but for me to get a a sport convertible, not happening. Right. I don't, I don't want to have my life flash before my eyes because I got to drive on I four in Florida. <laughs> uh, it, it was like I literally, I think I got a little bit of anxiety driving it. And now I only want like twenty minutes. <laughs> I, I do. I, I wish Nissan would make a comeback. I think they're wasting that 3.5 liter engine, and they they make some nice looking cars. I, I, I just they need to get rid of that CVT transmission, I, or at least get a better one in there. Yeah, I, th- I think they're too big to. F- I don't want to say too big to fail, but I think they are too big. Uh, I don't think the thing is like you had other manufacturers like Isuzu. No one buys now. Isuzu makes great diesel engines. Yeah. And trucks. But, but no one's buying one here. But no one's buying their... Remember the Zuzu iMark and some of the... Joe Azuzu with his commercials. Like, right. no one's buying them. Mitsubishi's about gone. They're, they're, I mean, they, they were... And Mitsubishi was big. Yeah. They were big. Everyone had... Everyone knew about someone who had an Eclipse. Oh, yeah. And... The Diamante. The, the, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, the Galant was a nice-looking car yeah. before they ruined that, too. Yeah. But now look at it. I mean... They're almost out of the United States. And the Evo... The... the, the the, the Evo 8, Evo 9, they were cool. I mean, they were performance cars, but, you know, if now... They, if they can go, though. Yeah. If they can leave this country... Yeah. Because we're just not buying their stuff, Nissan can go, too. Yeah. Because nothing nothing stopping them, and Kia and Hyundai are eating their lunch yeah. as far as sales go. Yeah. You have, I mean, you have more competition now than you did back in the 80s and 90s. And if you're not putting out something... That is at least somewhat reliable, and I'm not saying all cars are because I mean Toyota's the king of it, right? Right. But at least these other companies have started. They they put out stuff that's somewhat reliable. Yeah. And if you're just going to put out junk, people are eventually going to know. And that, like I said, when people are looking for hundred cars with a hundred thousand miles plus on, because that's what they can afford right now, and your brand isn't out there, well, eventually when they can afford a newer car. They ain't looking for you anymore. Yeah, they're gonna forget about you. And, and I mean, I'm not saying Nissan's gonna be gone, but I, I, I think they're gonna struggle to get more sales. Yeah, in this country. Or, or they'll get they'll get to the status where Hyundai and Kia were 25 years ago. So they're gonna be down like, uh, you know, what was it the the uh, Kanye West song when the Super Bowl and drive up in a Hyundai, right? <laughs> so they drive up in a Nissan, yeah. right? <laughs> they're gonna have to change their name back to Datsun. If they don't get this right. Right. Well, if they do that, maybe they bring back to 280. Right. Or so. just bring, bring back the old station wagon, for crying out loud. But, um, there's, there's not much more we could say about this. I mean, unfortunately, rip to Nissan. Right? Yeah. Rest in peace, because I don't see you guys coming back. And hopefully Chrysler, you ain't going, you're not going the same way, but I think Jeep's going to keep them afloat. And, you know, I guess Mitsubishi is nice knowing you. <laughs> but thanks for listening. And we appreciate you joining us uh if you can like subscribe share this video uh, this uh podcast or video if you're watching on youtube dumbideapodcast.com and we just appreciate you coming to hang out with us